Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. That is our toll-free number. Hope you're going to use that on this Monday if you're uh, if you're awake. <laughs> uh, although I did pretty good this morning, I did okay. I tried to make sure I got my my butt in the bed at a reasonable time. Uh, our text number four three four two four eight zero seven zero four. That's uh, that number. Hope you're having a great Monday so far. Here's your thought of the day. For this Monday, the biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. You think big anyway. Yes, let's do that. Here's our Mind Jam trivia. Today is National Napping Day. Not a big surprise, seeing as though... I need a nap already. I know, it's true. You know, we used to be much more respectful of naps. I will just say. They would even prescribe naps medicinally. Let's get back to that. I agree. I agree. It was uh, considered a necessity, and uh, but n- nowadays not so much. Like people treat naps like jerks. Um, so there is one type of nap that scientists say is particularly effective, but you have to do this just before laying down for a twenty-minute power nap. If you do this, you'll wake up feeling energized and ready to tackle the rest of your day. What is it that you're supposed to do? before you lay down for your power nap. 434-248-0704. Text me your guest this morning on the Morning Jam. On this day in history in 1930, Clyde Tumbaugh announces the discovery of Pluto. Apparently, this is the day in history that universe things are discovered for some reason. Pluto was found in uh, 1930. Before that, uh, like hundreds of years before that, uh, uh, Uranus was found in, um, stop it. I almost didn't even mention it because I knew you would like, I was laughing because you, eight year old. I was laughing because you mentioned a planet that doesn't exist anymore. It's not a planet. Um, it is a planet to some of us. I'm just saying. Hashtag, hashtag not, not my planet. <laughs> not, not your planet. Okay. <laughs> no, not, not my planet. Not, so it, not, yeah, you, not, not my you, planet. It's my Exactly. Got it. Double negatives. Love it. Uh, 1942, the U.S. Army enlisted its first female colonel, Julie Flickle. It's a terrible last name, but a very accomplished lady. In 1965, British guitarist Eric Clapton quits the Yardbirds due to the band moving away from traditional blues. He did okay for himself, uh, and so did they. Jeff Beck becomes his replacement. If you're having a birthday today, happy birthday to you from all of us. You share it with actor William H. Macy. He turned 73 years old. Here he is in Wild Hogs. I wanted to say something funny to her, but all I could think of was black jokes. Like which ones? I forget. Why don't you tell the one that ends with you getting whooped? Would that be funny? I'll be laughing. I love that movie. That movie's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, actress Dana Delaney is turning 67 years old today. Here she is in Tombstone. What do you want out of life? 
Where do you get these questions? Just answer. Well, I don't know. Make some money, I guess. Maybe have some children. I... Doesn't suit you. Well, how would you know? It just doesn't, that's all. Well, I ought to know my own mind, and I'm telling you what suits me is a family and kids. Suits me right down to the ground. In fact, that's my idea of heaven. All right, what's your idea of heaven? Room service. Ha! <laughs> yes. That. Uh, actress Annabeth Gish is having a birthday today. Uh, she's turning 52 years old. You may remember her from Scarlet. She played Rhett Butler's second wife in Scarlet. Uh, she's also in Mayfair Witches right now, and she's pretty splendid in it, uh, I must say. Uh, actor and rapper Common turns 51 years old today. Uh, I grew to love him and appreciate him in Hell on Wheels. He ain't on no plantation no more. Walking about. Ain't nothing good gonna come from this. Yeah. Ain't nothing good coming from this either. Ugh, I love Hell on Wheels. Such a great show. So good. Uh, Singer-songwriter Neil Sadaka is having a birthday today, turning 84. have uh, bassist Adam Clayton of U2 having a birthday today. He is turning 63 years old. You can hear the bass in that song for sure. And uh, we have some text in with our uh, our guests with Armand Jim Trivia. Today is National Napping Day. I think I'm going to have to... Um, celebrate that today for sure well i got home late last night and my uh, and hokey um wanted to stay up for a little nap no no he didn't want to take a nap he wanted to stay up a little bit longer Uh so i didn't go to bed till extra late and you throw in the extra hour like the the hour time change yeah so i uh, i will need a nap today you will definitely be needing a nap all right uh, well, at one time, naps were treated much nicer than they are now. They were even prescribed, which I'm all about that. Um, but they are. Is there's one type of nap that scientists say is particularly effective. If you do this right before laying down for a 20-minute power nap, you'll wake up feeling energized and ready to take on the rest of your day. What is it we are talking about? Bear says a triple shot of bourbon. I don't know. If you take a triple shot of bourbon, I don't know that, you know, that you'll be able to to wake up. I I'm, wouldn't be able to. Bear, I wish I had some bourbon right now. Any, <laughs> that's for sure. I wouldn't be able to. Uh, Someone uh, eat lunch. Okay, all right. Uh, exercise. All good guesses. So we'll uh, we'll let you know what the answer is coming up in just a uh, just a little bit. Uh, special thank you to those who came out to see live uh, from Rose Ridge on Saturday. We had a good time. I heard good things about well from you. So it was it was good. Everything went, it went very well. I miss well. Salty. I wish I. He was good. He was singing. He was si- mm. he was singing the wrong you know lyrics, what? but he was singing. He yeah, was, he was. Sing- yeah, he was good. And he brought um, Lucille. His uh, I didn't know that was the name of his blue tick, but it is his blue what? His uh, his hound dog. 
Lucille. He she like apparently she likes to ride in the El Camino. So uh yeah, she got she got to go out on Saturday. <laughs> I know. There's so many there's so many thoughts going around in your head right now. I'm so confused. I know. It's okay. It, that's the way everyone feels when they're around Salty. So there were some folks that met Salty for the first time on hey, Saturday. Hey, and also no one got slapped last night at the Oscars. I know. Did you see what Kimball did at the end? Uh-uh. He had, they had a sign that I said... I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. I would not I, watch I it. think this was really funny, Just though. Principle. His closing bit was, um, they, Oscars since last incident, and he changed it from zero to one, you know, like, oh, yes. days since incident. Since incident, okay. So, right. That was really funny. So there were there were quite a few lists. I don't know what kind of um, watch watching they had going on last night, but uh, anyway... Um, Jamie Lee Curtis did very well. Yeah, a lot of my childhood won Oscars. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. You know, I was a big fan of him. Mummy King, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, being a big one, um, among others. Jamie Lee Curtis, I watched, you know, Freaky oh. Friday. Oh, She's absolutely. in a bunch. Yeah. Um, short round, obviously. And she, and she also won um, uh, the same category as her mother, which yeah. is pretty pretty cool. Um, yeah. So she's she's a pretty neat lady. First two Asians to ever win an Oscar happened. That was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that moment with uh, Kehu Kwan and Harrison Ford when um, that movie, the movie won Best Picture. You know, he he presents it. Obviously, their connection. So did through, you watch? Did you watch? A no, lot, I watched. Lot of it? No, I I I have the, I just used Twitter. The only time I watched the Oscars was after the slap. <laughs> Not kidding, because. I thought it was you a joke. I mean, you wonder at, at some point was that whole thing. I thought it was a joke. I really did. <laughs> and then, like, like I just turned to it after it happened, and I was like, "Did this really happen?" Did because I had to see Will because you knew Will Smith was going to win um, Best Actor, right? So you had to watch. Like, I had to watch that speech just to see how awkward it was, and it was very awkward. Well, apparently, um, one of the winners took a jab at Don Lemon. After she accepted her first Academy Award for Best mm. Actress, so Michelle Yeoh um, apparently took a uh, took a dig. So that was that was interesting, I thought. And uh, apparently, uh, actor Hugh Grant was pretty rude in an in interview. Pretends so, to be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He d- doesn't seem to be aging well. Always, always loved him. Always liked to think that he was, you know, really nice and real. I don't think he is, though. So, anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about uh, all the headlines you need to know to get your morning started here on the Morning Jam. We'll be back with our uh, Mind Jam trivia answer on the way here. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam. Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You should do that move more often. Well, it's not like uh, it's not like Mark Lamb's 
<laughs> dance move, which is like a spastic squirrel. Um, Pray for us all. I know. <laughs> hey, he's going to be returning on uh, on the 20th, a week from today. He's going to be back, baby. Less than a week full of shows, too. I know. We don't have a show Friday. That's right. That's exactly right. So our answer to our napping question, because it's National Napping Day, was uh, if you do this before laying down for 20 minutes, you'll wake up feeling energized and ready to tackle the rest of your day. The answer was drink a cup of coffee. That was the answer. If you drink a cup of coffee, uh, the caffeine doesn't kick in until after your nap. And scientists say a coffee nap is one of the most effective ways to rebound your energy levels. Here's some other napping facts for you. There are three distinct type of nappers. There is the uh, habitual napper who naps at the same time every day. There's a planned napper who plans to snooze before they actually get tired. And then there's the emergency napper who waits until they're so tired they have to stop what they're doing ASAP and then snooze. So which one are you folks? That's what I want to know. You also don't have to fall asleep to reap the benefits of a nap. If you just spend 20 minutes laying down, closing your eyes, you can lower your blood pressure, alleviate stress, and even if you don't drift off, it's no big deal. So there you go. Hey, we got a caller on the line. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Forget it. Oh, hey. Forget it. It's salty. Hey, salty. Are you still basking in the glow of your... your performance saturday well you know the oscars were last night but that don't count for squat uh <laughs> what really happened that was important this week and it was the second stage and uh you know i janet i didn't see you at the after party where were you oh, there was an after party i was stuck oh, in chairs yeah. Oh, me and Delmont and a few others met there at the parking lot at Sheets down there in Madison Heights. Oh, wow. Oh, there oh. was an after party and I didn't know. Oh. Well, <laughs> I just put the tailgate of the El Camino down and I got a little bit of that AstroTurf stuff for, for uh, you know, Lucille, Lucille to lay on. And, right. uh, and uh, we just took a couple lawn chairs out and, you know, we just had a little get together there. Uh, had a few drinks. I'm not going to say what it was, uh-huh. and uh, but I, I will tell you this much: that the old Delmont was uh, packing, and it, well, he wasn't packing heat. He's packing some kind of bottle in them bibs, them overhauls oh, of his. Okay. Whatever it was, it was good mixed with a little bit of coffee. All right. Okay. Well, I did. I did notice he had on his good bibs on Saturday. He, he did it. That was his Sunday best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know, like it. Delmont, he's a he's a two-edged sword. You know, one side is really cuts fine, and the other side's a little rough. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do but, know. Uh, I do know what you're saying. Well, I just. But wanna, I enjoyed seeing everybody. I just want to thank you for uh, for coming and doing the show with us Saturday. It was a lot of fun. It was, it and was. I hope you. I, Speaking of a nap, I hope you got one yesterday because I took a three-hour nap. Did you? Did you? I, well, I didn't. I didn't get much of a nap, but um, but I did rest yesterday Spot, for sure. Is the well, spotlight too tiring for you, salty? Is the what? The, the spotlight. Is it too tiring? Oh, the spotlight. Well, you know, you get a little hot under the spotlight there. Uh, you know, you got to watch it. You got to keep moving, Trey, or you'll get burned. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, I love you guys. We love you too. Have a great day. (laughs) 
We'll see you. All right. Yeah, he and uh, he and Delmar were in rare form on Saturday. Let me just say, rare form. Hey, what? Well, I I, I I was just I I uh my only hope was uh that you had uh you know it, it, that they didn't cause a ruckus too much that you were uh, you got stunted by your show. No, I mean he. Uh, Granted, he he's did. the star of the show. It feels like well, he, he takes up most of the they love most him. of the energy. They absolutely love him, and you know, and why wouldn't they? Because he is so much fun. So why wouldn't they love him? Uh, we've got your headlines coming up. Bill Trevero is going to be reporting from the Roanoke News Desk to get us uh, all the information that we need to start on this uh, on this Monday. And we're also going to be taking a look at that uh, bank failure in california and what do we need to learn from that another caller on the line good morning you're on the morning jam who's this hey janet how you doing doing good how are you i'm gonna get out to one of those shows sometime or another but yeah, I uh, so. got some old Saturday, so. mm-hmm. but uh i would have went to that after party uh with selfie <laughs> i would have put my barber next to us el camino wow that would have been uh, quite the show yeah, yeah, I know, wasn't it? And we could have got a couple of dollars from sheets and uh-huh. sit out in a lounge chair. And I, I could have brought Sadie and he would have had his dog, but yeah. that would have been cool. Sadie and Lucille. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, they could have played and uh, had a good time. But uh, that bank failure, I think Elon Musk is thinking about buying that bank from what I was reading on Twitter uh, and making it a Twitter bank. Uh, a Twitter bank? So, yep. Yeah, where you'd be able to see transactions through Twitter and stuff. Uh, it's a pretty huh. neat idea. Hopefully that'll happen. But, I mean, that bank was in BSG and politically correct stuff. So, all of that ESG and all of that. So, they well, were woke, so they went broke. Well, so, uh, uh, evidently, I mean, uh, it was uh, an old-fashioned bank run just kind of kind of did them in. Um, and they, yeah, and, and I mean, we shouldn't have to pay for that. We shouldn't have to pay for those people, you know, the Silicon Valley people. I mean, we shouldn't be paying tax money for to be lifting those people up at all, you know. But well, I just, just I just me. hope this isn't a, a trend that we're going to be seeing in in some other situations. It's, uh, I mean, the world is in a very precarious place right now, for sure. It is. So. It really is. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, I just like to, I just don't want the taxpayers to have to bail out these rich people. I don't think that's right. And and actually, I think Biden is going to turn out to be Her- Herbert Hoover. So he already has. But I think they were telling. I think the Biden administration was telling that bank that it was everything's okay. That the economy is okay. Everything's okay. So that that was one of the problems. With that bank, from what I've been reading, administration mm-hmm. was telling them how how great the economy was. Yeah, well, so, you know. Yeah, it's, know it, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they go and and spin this one for sure. Thanks for calling in uh, this morning. Uh, I, I'm sure he's going to be speaking on the uh, the collapse and the Fed's response, and I'm sure we'll all be rolling our eyes. Uh, as we're dealing with it too um of course we you know we've got we got a lot of things going on uh nationally right now uh we will we will keep up with that we'll also talk about uh newsom's uh california 
is, is pushing billions in reparations as the state is really facing an absolute budget disaster. I don't know what he's thinking. We got another call this morning. All right. Uh, good morning. You're on the morning jam. Hi. Who's this? Hey, this is Eric. Hey. Eric. Um, with all with all these rumors, if you know, are the bank runs? Is it gonna is it gonna go nationwide and, and stuff like that? Now, now is a good time to start thinking about all the food you have in the pantry. Will it last more than a week? Oh yeah. You know, the fuel you have on hand. You know, cash you have on hand, things like that. And uh, there is, I'm sure I've mentioned it before on here, I'm with the uh, Campbell County, the, I'm going to say the dirty word, militia. The, the M word? <laughs> yeah, the M word. And uh, the, uh, we have a regular monthly meeting coming up this week, uh, Thursday at 6.30 in the Haber building. Uh-huh. And uh, it's right there in Rustburg. And uh, it's a true community service organization. And we do everything from, you know, help with food banks, trash cleanup, disaster relief. Right. I mean, our group, our group in Bedford's group did 80-some trees after the tornadoes. Yeah. But we also have homesteading and self-reliance groups, uh, you know, teach you how to grow and preserve food. Um, how to have barter items, yeah. just all kinds of stuff. And it's a lot more mellow and mainstream than the M word implies. All right. We got to go so, to a break. But, but uh, I appreciate, Eric, you calling in, and I appreciate what you're doing. We'll have to get a, uh, an interview in on that. Thanks for calling in this morning. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Increasing sunshine today, a bit of a breeze from time to time. Highs at 54. Lows drop to 30 tonight with clear skies. A colder and breezy day on Tuesday. Highs only at 45 degrees. We'll get those lows in the upper 20s Tuesday night. Wednesday, mostly sunny. Highs at 54 with a low of 28. And sunshine Thursday. Highs near 60 degrees. Currently 34 degrees in Lynchburg. 35 in Roanoke. 36 in Danville. 33 in Appomattox, 34 in uh, Amherst. Uh, Eric, if you are listening uh, right now, be sure to uh, text me your information. We've got some folks interested in uh, in the things that you were talking about a, a little while ago, and uh, we'll get a, a more extensive planned out interview uh, with you so we can share that information with folks because I think people are concerned uh, with some of the things going on right now in the in the world wanting to make sure that their families are protected and uh, prepared for whatever the future holds uh, we are going to be talking with uh, Glenn Bobbitts a little bit later on this week uh, about some classes coming up uh, on the 25th at the Ruritan Center uh, they're going to be talking about gardening methods raising chick uh, chickens that type of thing uh, we also have a show that's going to be starting on the weekends uh, April 1st uh, on Saturday, 9 o'clock, uh, Sustainable Living Made Easy with Glenn Bobbitts. And uh, he's going to be talking about some of the things that, that you all have expressed an interest in. Uh, and that's just being more self-reliant and being able to, uh, uh, to, to take care of your family and uh, grow your own foods if you need to and, and, uh, 
and and live a more sustainable life. So that's going to be starting in April here uh, on the show. It seems like not everyone is interested in uh, reining in and tightening the belts. California, despite failed banks and uh, other things that they have going on there, Governor Newsom uh, thinks that uh, California, which I think it's interesting to note, never allowed slavery ever in California, uh, is nonetheless considering giving away hundreds of billions of dollars to black residents in reparations. Yes, you heard me, heard me right. Uh, and then, and then here is, uh, is someone making a comment in California because, um, the California panel says that if they give reparations, then maybe the crime would improve in California. So, yeah, let's take a listen to this. Reparations. That will stimulate this economy for the 2.6 million blacks in California. There's only one thing that would stop our children from busting into these liquor stores. There's only one thing that would stop our kids from busting into these jewelry stores, stealing watches and jewelry. And that's reparations. Wow. So basically, that sounds like blackmail to me. Where you pay us, and and we'll stop breaking in and stealing things. This is unbelievable to me, and then people applauding in the background. Yeah, give us some money, and we won't we won't steal your stuff. This is crazy talk. I I mean, first of all, California is already facing a massive budget deficit how are you going to make that happen the california reparations task force which was created by state legislation in 2020 is weighing a proposal to dole out just under i hope you're sitting down 360 360 per person that's three hundred and sixty hundred thousand dollars excuse me per person so 1.8 million black Californians who had an ancestor enslaved in the US putting a total cost at the program at 640 billion dollars now how are they going to pay for it well they don't know but I mean they've got you know banks failing anyway so what difference does it make this is an unbelievable thing to me i mean what am i missing i i mean i i know they're crazy in california i mean i i know that but there was never even slavery in california it just doesn't make any any sense at all to me 866-916-3776. We've been hearing about reparations for for years. And I think a lot of people thought that it was just going to be talk. This is more than talk at this point. Hmm. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But there you have it. 
crazy to me. Hold on. We got text coming in here. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, some of these things I can't say on the air. Uh, there is an old saying about the, <laughs> the month of March that slips my mind. Something about sheep and cats. I think that's Are you looking a, at me like I, I, I would know? I think that's a, it comes uh, in like a lion, out like a lamb. <laughs> so, I think that's what you're talking about. Bear, are you into the bourbon already this morning? Maybe. If you are, I'm proud of you. Okay. Uh, here's the information you guys have been asking for about the uh, March 16th meeting. Um, it is, if it, it's a CampbellMilitia.com. If you're wanting more information, the meeting is March 16th, 6.30 until 9.30, 47 Courthouse Lane. Uh, new member information starts at 6.30. The main information starts at 7. They're usually done by 8.30. So, those of you who've been texting in wanting that information, there you have it. March the 16th, 6.30 um, is when the new information starts if you're wanting to join in and and talk about, he said they, they talk everything about living sustainably to uh, bartering, which I think we're going to have to up our barter skills for sure in the future, um, especially when you see some of the headlines that are going on right now and some of these uh, some of these failed banks. So the California bank that was closed by regulators on Friday and put under control of the FDIC um and there's a couple of reasons why that happened. They had a botched capital call. Um, they they made a bold call on where to invest cash. That backfired. And then, of course, they just had an old-fashioned, good old-fashioned bank run. Um, and I, I think we need to look at this really carefully uh, to make sure that this isn't something that we're going to see across the country. Um the speed of the demise of this bank is pretty striking. Uh, on Tuesday of last week, Greg Becker was at an investor conference answering questions about what he does to relax. A few days later, the bank he led collapsed. But they're saying the seeds of its demise was planted months ago. Um it's just one of those things where you want to make sure that wherever it is that you're banking is very healthy. Because the FDIC can only do so much. Um, they say the bank invested uh, the bulk of deposits in securities. It adapted a two-pronged strategy to shelter some of its liquidity and shorter duration available for sales securities while reaching for yield in a longer duration held to maturity book. On a cost basis, the shorter duration AFS book grew from $13.9 billion at the end of 2019 to $27.3 billion at its peak in the first quarter of 2020. The longer duration HTM book grew by more from $13.8 billion to $98.7 billion. The depositors started asking for their money back. That was a problem. And 
SVB failed, they say. Uh, banks are in what sometimes is called the, the maturity transformation business. They borrow short, short term, uh, think your deposits, which can move at any moment, and lend long like a 30-year mortgage. The key is to manage the liquidity. In the meantime, they obviously did not do well with that. Make sure you know where you're banking and how these decisions are being made because that's a problem. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They are cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. One of the other things that they have at FNL that is so delicious is uh, is their shrimp. They always have that red Argentine shrimp that is so delicious. I keep it in my fridge all the time. Today I'm giving you a recipe for a spicy shrimp and grits casserole that has Gouda cheese in it, and it's so yummy. Uh, Preheat your oven to 375. You're going to butter an 8x8 bake dish and set that aside. Then you're going to heat some butter over medium-high heat, add in some scallions, some red bed bell pepper, and jalapenos. Reduce the heat to medium. Cook it four to five minutes until it starts to soften up. Stirring your garlic, some diced tomatoes with chilies, and a little bit of chicken broth. Bring that to a boil. Then you're going to slowly stir in your grits and cook that until it's uh, reduced a little, five to seven minutes, and then remove it from the heat, cool it slightly, season it with salt and pepper. Then you're going to stir in shrimp, bacon, and a cup of cheese. Transfer that to a prepared baked dish and sprinkle it with a remaining cheese. Bake it for 35 minutes till it's heated through. Let it stand five minutes before you serve it up. It is pretty dang delicious. You can also make this ahead and um, do it like 24 hours in advance and then, you know, bake it at that time. And it's uh, much easier to serve than making it on the fly, regular shrimp and grits. And it is pretty delicious. Want to see the recipe? Just go to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this and all the recipes that we share brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. Hungry for some truth with a side of common sense? You want answers? Then you found the right choice. We are the morning jam. Good morning. 866-916-3776 is our number. Uh, We've been talking this morning about making sure you are prepared and protected, uh, especially as we've been seeing this, uh, this bank run and this collapse going on in California. Uh, We're not saying that's going to happen around here, but we want to be wise and we want to make sure that we're taking care of, uh, of our families. That's really important. Uh, because you tell us it's important. It's important to me. It's something that I think about a lot. Uh, we had a call from uh, one of the, the Campbell County militia earlier today talking about some of the things that they do to make sure that they're prepared for their families. And uh, this morning I have Dan. Is that, did I get your name right? That's correct. All right, Dan. Dan, what's your last name? Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T. All right. Um, and you are the, uh, the president. Tell us your role with this group. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, you know, we use a like a vaguely military type rank structure. So um, I'm the commander for Campbell County. Okay. Now, one of the things that I mean, we kind of laugh about it um, when you say the word militia, uh, like many. Th- words that have been hijacked by the left militia is one of them uh it's considered a a dirty word uh people have have visions of crazy right-wing extremists toting ar-15s and uh you know doing some crazy things but tell us exactly what it is that you all do and what your purpose is sure yeah you know honestly Jenna, it's it's a little bit mind-blowing that 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 word has been hijacked in the way that it has. Yeah, um, it has, yeah. Ultimately, you know, that's the only thing that the U.S. Constitution or the Bill of Rights calls necessary. The Second Amendment says that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, mm-hmm. um, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And, yeah, it just boggles my mind that something that I would argue are some of the finest men in the history of the world deemed to be necessary and actually called necessary, and we have just turned it into completely allowed the left to demonize it and turn it into something it was never intended to be. Right. Um, because, you know, you're exactly right. That that perception of the BDU camo and the face paint and the Bowie knives and, and all of that um, is what it has become, and that's certainly not what was intended when men like Patrick Henry said it was necessary. Right. Um, so... You know, when when these organizations first started standing up in 2020, um, a, a bunch of us that had basically checked a box on a form that we were interested in leadership ended up sitting around a table and asking ourselves, like, what have we done? Have, have we gotten ourselves into an awful lot of trouble? Like, apparently we're in charge of this now. We're the leaders? This is Maybe this is a horrible <laughs> idea. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah, how did this happen? Exactly. And so as we're talking about it, we say, okay, well, you know, some of the finest men in history called this necessary. Why? What did what do these organizations look like? How do they function? What made them necessary? And we came up with three characteristics that we believed were what made these organizations necessary. Um, one of them we took right out of Virginia Code Section 44-1 and the, the second half of the uh, Second Amendment. And that's just the whole body of the people. It's all of the military-aged males or all of the able-bodied men in the community. Um, it's uh, Code Section 44-1 says the whole body of the people, males ages 16 to 55, trained to arms. Um, part of the idea there being that that all of us who are, are part of this community, part of this society, that we, we live together, we work together, that we're essentially, it sounds cliche, but we're ultimately all in this together. Um, you know, we used to have a sense of community in America that is, is lacking in this century. Um, we used to band together and stand together, and uh, our communities were everything to us, and it, it just isn't that way anymore. Um, also, you know, obviously the, the Second Amendment has that whole idea of safety and security wrapped up in it. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Alexander Hamilton. Um, he was a Federalist, which is uh, doesn't necessarily get along with me, but he did say something about militia that was... Uh, absolutely spot on. Um, there were members of his party, there were Federalists that uh, didn't like the idea of the whole body of the people having guns and being trained to arms, um, and they considered it to be some type of a threat. And Alexander Hamilton said that that was absolute nonsense, that how is it possible that the people could oppress or abuse or execute tyranny against themselves? He said, that's, that's nonsense. How could the, the whole body of the people possibly oppress the whole body of the people? 
He said, if we're going to fear the whole body of the people being armed, we should also fear hydras and medusas, because the threat of tyranny from ourselves is equal to that of mythical monsters. Um, well, and, I, and, I, and I, I get that, but you guys are more, uh, more than just wanting to arm yourselves. You're also wanting to arm yourself with knowledge to make yourself more self-preserving uh, as far as your food security uh, as well, yeah? Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the second characteristic that we identified is that every community in the colonies had a, a militia of some variety. And, and why was that? Is it because they were all worried about having, you know, some kind of small army at their disposal? Well, no, that's not the case at all. You know, what, what do we have today that they didn't have in the 1770s? Well, we have huge uh, law enforcement departments. We have volunteer fire departments. We have volunteer ambulance corps. We have highway departments. We have, we have all of these other assets at our disposal at local and state levels that didn't exist in the 1770s. So really, those organizations were a community support network. They were a community support organization. If, uh, you know, sure, if there was some kind of a, a threat to the community, they would call out the militia. But what if there was a fire? Right. Same thing. They would call out the militia, all the able-bodied men. Um, or if uh, they wanted to build a new, new church, new school, new bridge into town, same thing. They would call out all the able-bodied men. Um, what if uh, someone became sick or injured or hurt in the community and they were unable to provide for their family? What would they do? The same thing. They would call the militia, and all of the able-bodied men in the community would, would pitch in, chip in. They would, they would find a way to make right. it work and take care of their communities. And, and know, so that's basically organs- what this is, 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 is calling able-bodied folks to come together and, and take care of one another in the community. You've got a meeting coming up on the 16th, correct? That's correct, yeah. So we do a, like a regular monthly business meeting, just like a fire department or an ambulance corps would have. And uh, we meet the third Thursday of every month, um, which uh, this month falls on the 16th. And it's, uh, the address there is on 47 Courthouse Lane in Rustburg. It's actually the, uh, the Board of Supervisors meeting room okay. um, in the downstairs of that building. Um, and new members would need to get there about 6.30. Yep, 6.30 is uh, when our, our newcomers brief kicks off, which is basically just you know kind of giving people an understanding of what the organization is and why it exists and, and what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish in our community and all that stuff. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for having this impromptu interview with us this morning. Uh, we had quite a few people who were asking about this, uh, and we appreciate you calling into the Morning Jam. Thanks. You're absolutely welcome. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there you have it. That's why they do what they do. But, he, you know, he's not wrong. That that word has definitely been taken over uh, and, and kind of created negative connotations. But I, I think it's really important that you know your community, you're there for each other, and um, and you have some type of organization in place, whether you're in Campbell County or Amherst County or Roanoke County or Southside. Um, it's definitely the time is, is past due for us to make sure that we're organized in, in such a way that we have more security physically, more security food-wise. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about in that realm. Coming up, we have got CBS News ahead at the top of the hour and Bill Trefiro from the Roanoke News Desk, all coming up here on The Morning Jam.
listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Increasing sunshine today, a bit of a breeze from time to time. Highs at 54. Lows drop to 30 tonight with clear skies. A colder and breezy day on Tuesday. Highs only at 45 degrees. We'll get those lows in the upper 20s Tuesday night. Wednesday, mostly sunny. Highs at 54 with a low of 28. And sunshine Thursday. Highs near 60 degrees. And currently, we have 33 degrees in Appomattox, 35 in Amherst, 34 in Salem and Roanoke, 35 in Bedford, and 34 in Lynchburg. Well, the Oscars were last night, and the award for the rudest interview apparently uh, goes to Hugh Grant. Glass Onion. It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay. <laughs> Just an absolute jerk. And I and I, I've always loved Hugh Grant, but oh my word, what a jerk! He's being. Are you, would you Cringy. say he's being a Richard? Oh my. Well, he was called that and more uh, on social media last night. Um, you could tell he didn't want to be there. I mean, complete with, with eye roll. He was so rude to her. Um, they always ask, you know, what people are wearing. Um, and when she asked him what what he was wearing, he said, my suit. And then credited his tailor. Um, he was just arrogant and, and an absolute jerk. And, and when he did his presentation, he wasn't much better he did a presentation with uh annie mcdowell and was also a jerk i don't i don't know why he was even there if you don't want to be there then don't don't go uh somebody tweeted is hugh grant just an arrogant richard all the time uh he was so rude complete with eye roll maybe he should just stay home if he's too good for his industry of choice another said um this uh, poor interviewer, the night hasn't even started. Hugh Grant's already had it. Yeah, he was. He did not do himself any favors on on that one, for sure. What a jerk. Uh, Don Lem- Lemon kind of got called out uh, last night by the Best Actress Award. Jamie Lee Curtis was very sweet, um, I thought, with her uh, with her comments. She, but I think everybody loves Jamie Lee Curtis. So there's a little bit of that going on. You're saying she soured on him? I don't get it. His last name's Lemon. Oh. Ha! Oh, Lord. The U.S. Department of uh, Diplomatic Security Service held an adoption event that was pretty cool uh, over the weekend in Winchester. And they found some great forever homes for the bravest dogs around. Uh, the hardworking pups that were up for adoption were part of the Explosive Detection Canine Program. And they helped uh, secure U.S. diplomacy around the world. Approximately 150 state employees and local law enforcement partners attended the event where 24 dogs put their best paws forward to get forever homes. 
and all 24 were adopted in less than two hours. So I think that's a great feel-good story. I love that, that they uh, that they got to be adopted. And you would feel, I would think, really safe having a dog like that. Unlike my dogs, who just eat and basically nap for the most part. Or they wait until we mop the floor and then they bring sticks in and chew them up. That's what happened yesterday. So I love Rogan, but he is, he can be a little bit of a cross to bear. Needless to say. Um, So you, did you watch the Oscars last night? No, you've already asked me this. Okay. You watched some of the highlights of it. Yeah. yeah, 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 Because you like Kimmel. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Kimmel fan. I, I, let's, I, I'm indifferent towards him. Let's put okay. it that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him at all. I think he was His an interesting cousin. Boy. Sal does a lot of like. Uh, I listen to a lot more of like cousin Sal, who who does gambling and gambling advice, and is on a podcast with. There's I gambling to. advice. There are podcasts that give gambling advice. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hey. Didn't know that. Interesting. Responsibly. <laughs> encourages you to gamble responsibly. All no, right. no. I just meant responsibly. Ah, gotcha. Uh, schools across the region are uh, announcing some delays this morning. Um, I, I don't... Oh, I didn't see anything uh, this weekend, but we did have a few um, that did have some delays this morning, including uh, Amherst County. Two-hour delays for Amherst and Allegheny and Buena Vista and some of those. I think it's just because the kids were disappointed that they didn't get any um, delays this year because we basically haven't gotten any snow. And I said yesterday, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be delayed tomorrow, even though we don't need a delay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But we're going to get one It was actually funny. Um, I had a teacher uh, whose husband, when I was in middle school, whose husband was the guy who decided, like, was the main decider on if we were delayed or out. Uh So on days we would get, like, a delay or, like, it would snow and we didn't. She would would always, like, it was actually nice because she would explain to us, like, oh, this is why. Or if we had a couple days closed, like, when we come back in, she's like, all right, this is what happened. Right. And I I know that it's not some... Because my county was so... Some counties are so big. Was so big. Like, there's... The Beaver Dam area would always... It's, like, more... Higher elevation. It, yeah. yeah, and then also is more wooded. It's more back roady. So, like, those yeah. roads are very hard to get to. So, it was different. Yeah. Um, but it, then we got a text where it says, Sometimes it's legitimate, but uh, exa- and an example of today... Uh, no, it's not. They just wanted to go in two hours late. Uh, good morning. You're on the morning jam. Hi, who's this? Uh, good morning, Janet. This is Lester. Hey, uh, Lester. Trying to get my, I ain't had my, I ain't had my first sip of coffee yet. <laughs> but anyway, I'll get it later. You uh, it how was the show? How, uh, did, y'all, did y'all have a good turnout for the show? We had a great turnout for the show on Saturday, and uh, everything went off without a hitch. The singers were great. The musicians were great. Salty was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I, I wanted to come. So, I wanted to come so bad, and uh, but I couldn't because you know some of my. Uh, health problems and uh, I wanted to come and because it would have been an overnighter and, and uh, I have some friends in Mass Nashville I could have stayed with but oh. uh, they stay up all, they stay up all night fighting most of the time so I, <laughs> I didn't want to go with them but anyway that, that song y'all were singing was that was that uh, uh, the uh, the song that you was 
uh, Highwaymen. It was uh, it was the female version. Uh, it's called the Highwaymen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highwaymen. I I never heard that before. I, I, anyway. Yeah, it was. But, uh, uh, yeah, okay, it's a different a different version of it. But a lot of the stories that we did on Saturday's yeah. show had to do with um, you know American ballads and people telling the history yeah. of their people, and so that was kind of a, a modern day example but i'll let you know yeah. when we have the uh the stream up and we'll share that on the air with some folks thanks for yeah calling. if y'all have another one if yeah. y'all have another one i would love to come up and when do you i plan in future shows second saturday in june is the next one second saturday in june mm-hmm. okay and what's yes, gonna be sir. the thing what's gonna be the thing for that um, it's gonna be called june meeting because back on the ridge we had uh we had june meeting and that that's what's going to be so it's going to be a lot of storytelling and a lot of music and uh and just good stuff feel good feel good evening we like some like, like old fashioned camp meeting well sort of yeah a little bit lots yeah. of, lots of food lots of fun lots of music that's what june meeting was yeah <laughs> thanks thanks for calling that's in this music. morning <laughs> okay i hear that bye all right uh, that makes me think of camp songs, Jude and Meeting, like going to camp. That's what we call. That's what it was called uh, back when I was a I was a girl. Was June Meeting, and everybody would come, and uh, mm-hmm. the food was amazing um, because there was lots of lots of pies and lots of deviled eggs and lots of chicken and dumplings and. Yeah, I worked at camp. So I worked at Boy Scout camp for three years, and mm-hmm. basically. I, I even ran the dining hall one year, but they would, you know, every week you would have the same meal, like the same meal on the same day. So it was uh-huh. six weeks of on Monday, you get this <laughs> get same meal. Yeah, but didn't we all grow up that way a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, I loved going it like that was a great first job at our house at our house. Um, Wednesday was always meatloaf day. Always. We always had meatloaf on Wednesdays. I don't I don't know why, but. And I would have friends that they would know, Wednesday's meatloaf day. Can I come home with you? It's, uh, your mom making meatloaf? Can I come home with you today? So we had certain days that we knew. Sundays was usually, uh, we usually had uh, pot roast on Sundays. We'd put it on before we go to church, and that's what we would have when we would come home. And then on Fridays, lots of times we would have spaghetti or pizza. So yeah, I think a lot of people kind of did that maybe a little bit hey uh if you bank with wells fargo and your direct deposit didn't show up there's a reason for that and we'll tell you what it is when we come back here on the morning jam banks having some issues uh this week it would seem not not had it didn't have a great week last week our number is 866-916-3776 we'd love to hear from you this morning on the morning jam thanks for joining us The Morning Jam. Morning's on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. 866-916-3776 is our number. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Morning Jam. Well, if you bank with Wells Fargo and you had a direct deposit due on Friday and it didn't show up, you are not alone. Wells Fargo said they had a technical issue which caused customers to see missing direct deposits in their accounts 
they put out a statement saying Wells Fargo is aware that some customers' direct deposit transactions are not showing up in their accounts. The bank replied to numerous tweets, numerous comments on social media, assuring customers that their money is not at risk and that they're working on the problem. Of course, this was a perfect storm because you had the whole thing going on with the Silicon Bank, and uh, and then all of a sudden your direct deposits aren't showing up. I could understand how people would get nervous about that. They said, we're working quickly on a resolution. Apologize for the inconvenience. Uh, the bank said it would also refund any fees that resulted from this. The issue will be resolved not later than Tomorrow, Saturday, March the 11th, Wells Fargo said, and will also refund fees incurred by this issue. So if you were one of the people who were impacted that way, uh, do know that that was their statement. Keep an eye on that uh, account and make sure that they do what they say they're going to do there. Well, we have been talking about um, the Highland Maple Festival for a while and they had their first weekend last weekend, and the weather did not cooperate, which is really sad because it's such a great festival and such a great event, and it's really important to Highland County. Um, but the the they had snow, they had ice, the wind was horrible, and uh, so uh, you know the the sugar camps, the stores, the restaurants, all the the food vendors, all that type of thing. Uh, was kind of a, a wipeout last weekend. So make sure that you make plans to take it in this next weekend, uh, which I think the weather is supposed to be much more cooperative uh, this time. Now, they did they did hold it regardless of, of rain uh, or cold temperatures, but a lot of the vendors couldn't do their thing uh, this past weekend. So just Please keep in mind that uh, this is going to be going on this next weekend. We want to make sure that uh, that people take this festival in because it really is wonderful. And they do have hundreds of arts and craft vendors uh, every year. It's just this past weekend they were not able to, uh, to set up because of the weather. Um, it's so crazy because we've gone all winter with practically nothing um, and then the, the weekend that they're doing their, their Maple Festival. Um, you know, that ends up happening. So uh, if you can go out next weekend and support the uh, Highland Maple Festival, and that would be a good thing if you could do that. Um, I've got a text about the Wells Fargo story. It's funny when there's a glitch, it's always in the favor of the business. I'm sure Wells Fargo received the direct deposit money, but the glitch was not posting it available to their customers shake my head typical well yeah you're probably right it probably is is typical uh that that they're they're going to make sure that they're that they're okay uh for sure so have you read the story about the giant seaweed blob that's heading towards florida if you haven't this is uh it's it's supposed to be twice the width of the U.S. A giant seaweed bloom so large it can be seen from outer space. And they say it's headed towards Florida's Gulf Coast. The Sargassum bloom is 5,000 miles wide, twice the width of the United States. 
It's believed to be the largest in history, drifting between the Atlantic coast of Africa and the Gulf of Mexico. The thick mat of algae can provide a habitat for marine life and absorbs carbon dioxide. However, the giant bloom can have disastrous consequences as it gets closer to shore. Coral, for instance, is deprived of sunlight. As the seaweed decomposes, it can release hydrogen sulfide, negatively impacting the air and water, causing respiratory problems for people in the surrounding area. And they are saying now from the Florida Atlantic University Harbor Branch uh, Oceanographic Institute, what we're seeing does not bode well for a clean beach year. That's what the research professor said. Brian Barnes is an assistant research professor for the University of South Florida's College of Marine Science. He told the outlet that the uh, Sargossum can still threaten critical infrastructure if it remains in coastal waters. It can block intake valves for things like power plants. Uh, marinas can get completely inundated. Boats can't navigate through it. The impending seaweed comes as Floridians along the state's southwest coast have complained about burning eyes and breathing problems. Dead fish are washing up on the beaches. A beachside festival has been canceled, even though it wasn't scheduled for another month. Florida's southwest coast experienced a flare-up of the toxic red tide algae, setting off concerns that it could continue to stick around for a while. The current bloom started in October. Red tide is a toxic algae bloom that occurs naturally in the Gulf of Mexico. It's worsened by the presence of nutrients such as nitrogen in the water. They're warning people not to swim in or around red tide waters because of skin irritation, rashes, burning, sore eyes. People with asthma or lung disease should avoid beaches affected by the toxic algae. This is not boating well for Florida tourism, is it? No. Come to, come to Florida. Skin irritation. Burning eyes. Yeah. Mm. But it, it's always kind of had that reputation. Just it might have come from something else. <laughs> well, <laughs> true. But this thing is that's 5,000 miles wide, that could really... that and, and what happens when, like, cruise ships and things try to get through that Uh, i don't know that doesn't sound good well there is a st louis homicide detective who is blowing the whistle on soros back da's and we've been talking about the soros da's for a while and kind of a consorted effort to break down the system in its entirety it may be worse than we even thought though A former St. Louis, Missouri homicide detective, a 26-year veteran of the force, said that the Soros-backed district attorney, Kimberly Gardner, placed him on an infamous exclusion list, which literally bars officers from being involved in crucial portions of criminal justice proceedings. How can that be? He retired in 21 
two years after he was put on a exclusion list, which he said made him feel like a sitting duck. As an excluded officer, Murphy would have to ask other officers to file his paperwork at Gardner's office. Things like arrest and search warrants, as well as grand jury subpoenas. He said he left law enforcement for his own sanity and added he wouldn't recommend young people becoming officers because it's just not worth it. He said, I basically sat there. I couldn't do anything. I'm collecting dust, collecting a paycheck, not doing anything. What good am I for the citizens? So I said, I'm going to retire and turn my papers in. It was so frustrating. He said, nobody gets in law enforcement to get rich. You're just not going to get rich. You go in because you have a calling. It's unknown how many officers are on the list. He thinks it's as high as 75. Some think it's even higher than that. Gardner refuses to share the exact numbers. Officers are gagged from speaking out if they're placed on the list. You're given a direct order. It's a fireable offense. Officers who are currently at the DA office are terrified to speak out due to retaliation. 819 officers have left the department. The department lost an average of 119 officers each year between 2017 and 2019. In 2020, 129 officers left the force with an additional 174 leaving in 2021. And yet this person still has a job? How is that possible? I'll tell you the rest of the story after we get in your local headlines. Bill Trefiro is on the way at the bottom of the hour from the Roanoke News Desk. And uh, we'll be back. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning on The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Increasing sunshine today, a bit of a breeze from time to time. Highs at 54. Lows drop to 30 tonight with clear skies. A colder and breezy day on Tuesday. Highs only at 45 degrees. We'll get those lows in the upper 20s Tuesday night. Wednesday, mostly sunny. Highs at 54 with a low of 28. And sunshine Thursday, highs near 60 degrees. Still very cloudy out there in Bedford. It's 35 degrees. Roanoke and Salem has 36. Uh, We have 34 in Lynchburg, 34 in Appomattox, 35 in Monroe. And it's uh, it's pretty, you know, pretty cloudy pretty much everywhere. Uh, You could even see some fog where you are. Very possible. Before we went to break, we were talking about this whistleblower in, uh, in St. Louis who is really talking about the Soros-backed DA office that has completely um, disassembled, really, the Justice Department there in that area. Uh, 819 officers 
have left the department since this DA has has come in. Uh, the name of the whistleblowing detective is Roger Murphy, and Kimberly Gardner is the name of the Soros-backed district attorney, who basically um, placed a number. She won't say the number. She won't tell. She's been asked, but she won't share the number of uh, officers that she put on an exclusion list, and that bars the officers from being involved in crucial portions of criminal justice proceedings, things like filing paperwork with her office, arrest and search warrants, uh, grand jury subpoenas. If you're on that list, you're not allowed to do any of that. So unless she deems you um, worthy, then you're not able to do that. Um, So that's part of the reason that a lot of these officers have just left the department. Um, He says that Gardner's office declines to prosecute cases brought forward by officers on the exclusion list. If they were considered essential witnesses and the case couldn't move forward without their testimony. Some officers who've been placed on the list are victims of shootings. A local police union told the outlet it was concerned whether those excluded officers would be able to see justice if they're prohibited from being essential witnesses in criminal cases. The district attorney's office has said it places officers on the list, which was created in 2018 when she came into power, that are believed for one reason or another to be untrustworthy or biased. This is absolutely a political effort by her, it has nothing to do with bias, Murphy says. If it was true, if it was biased, then take me in front of a judge and show proof that I'm biased. And she won't do that. If I'm biased, why do you have a secret list? Because I'm not biased, that's why. Why was an order given not to talk about it? Zero transparency. He said, I've been here 26 and a half years Open up all my cases. Bring it forward. Why aren't you reopening them? The simple answer is because she is a liar. It's a political stunt because she, bottom line, wants less policemen on the force. Less arrest. It made the arrest go down. Well, I mean, it was effective. Of course, now lawlessness is ruling in that area. Uh, An investigation by Fox News Digital found that Kim Gardner was implementing policies that would shrink the criminal justice system's footprint in St. Louis in coordination with the Soros Link Vera Institute of Justice, which we know has long been their goal. The private organization appeared to pay its own way to influence the district attorney's office. A Vera representative said that no taxpayer dollars were used In order to enter into a partnership and get its support, DA offices must commit to reducing racial disparities by at least 20%. According to Murphy, two social media posts in his personal Facebook caused his exclusion. One was critical of Garner's soft-on-crime approach. It got to the point where if you criticized our prosecutor, 
you were blackballed immediately. She has very thin skin. She's shallow. And her whole thing was, we're not going to incarcerate or put anybody in jail. Well, that's not what a police department is created for. We are created to provide protection to the citizens. Upon recommendation from Vera, the DA office applied a beyond reasonable doubt standard used by a jury to decide whether or not to convict. For initial charges on cases, instead of the standard prosecutors use probable cause, it's beyond a reasonable doubt, which immediately shrunk the amount of cases that entered the system. Murphy said, so no matter what you did, you arrest somebody, she wouldn't issue charges. And it got to a point where everybody was shut down because they're like, why am I even doing this? In many cases, Murphy said Gardner's office wouldn't even issue a charge and it would just sit there. When she came on board, the system completely broke down. The police didn't break it down. Kim Gardner single-handedly broke it down, he said. Republican Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey has moved to fire Gardner and intends to show a judge that Gardner neglected her duties and therefore needs to be removed. Murphy added that Gardner's refusal to prosecute and charge cases was part of the intent to destroy the system in the first place. And make no mistake about it, even if they get her out of there, it's going to take years and years to recover. If they can recover, you cannot be that incompetent unless it's a concerted effort to break the system down, Murphy said. He said he found it bizarre when Gardner's office began requesting the criminal histories of the victims, which he considered to be a move used by attorneys defending criminals at trial. They actually got it, got it to a point where we had to start bringing the criminals' histories, the criminal histories of the victims. That would give more weight to the victims. Uh, They would give more weight to the victims' criminal history. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? This man is dead. Or this woman has been assaulted. Okay, maybe she's had a, a criminal past. That has nothing to do with it. So, like, they're dead, but they deserve to be dead? What kind of reasoning is that? And And if you think this is just going on in places like St. Louis, it's not. And of course, she's not responding to to any questions with that. We need to know what's going on in our DA's offices. And look, we've seen some of this even even locally where they're not prosecuting like they once did. Uh, They're trying to to, uh, you know, the, the victims are then turned into being the villains I mean, we, we see this locally. You just read the headlines and you can see that that happens locally as well. Got to pay attention to what's going on because it does happen. 866-916-3776 is our toll-free number. Nelson County woman is wanted for going into a house and stealing a gun. They're uh, trying to track her down. This woman, her name is Samantha Ray Promer, P-R-O-M-E-R. She is 29 years old. She's from Faber, and she's wanted for multiple crimes. 
including entering a house and stealing a gun. Grand larceny, grand larceny of a firearm, common law trespass. Uh, She is a white woman. She is known to dye her hair various colors. And they say if you have any idea where she is, they're asking for your help. Again, her name is Samantha Ray Palmer, 29 years old, from the Faber area. If you know her and you know her whereabouts, you are asked to reach out to the Nelson County Sheriff's Department. We have a story out of Danville this morning. Residents of a Danville apartment complex say that they are being forced out. That sounds familiar. We had that story similar to that in the hill city dozens say they're being forced out of their homes at the stratford manor apartments in danville with very little notice neighbors of the complex have been hearing from uh, each other for the last week or so that they were being kicked out but those were just rumors on friday residents were delivered eviction notices that say they need to be out by April the 10th. So, literally a month's notice. This is after a week of no straight answer regarding the future of their living situation. One tenant said he's disgusted. I've been here eight years. I've never paid my rent late. Uh, I've been a, a resident in one of the 62 units in the Danville complex. Before they got the official eviction, neighbors said their utilities were being taken away. Locks were put on the laundry room. They were threatening to shut the power off, something both the city of Danville and Virginia Legal Aid says is unlawful if it's true. Turning off the power is not a legal means to evict anyone said Division Director of Housing and Development for the City of Danville. The city and some residents have reached out to Virginia Legal Aid for help. A spokesperson, David Walnon, said that they want to make sure the tenants' rights aren't violated. There is a new statute in Virginia that could award damages to residents if a violation is found. They say the residents have been calling on the city to report the way they found out they were being evicted which is concerning because she said the city is not usually the first place people call when something like this happens, but residents took this route because calls to the ownership was not answered. Riverside Hospitality. (laughs) Really? That's the name of your LLC? They own the property. Apparently they purchased it in December of last year. Um, They say that they're... uh, facing a challenge in housing and residential opportunities because there's not a lot of available housing in the city. I'm a 70-year-old veteran. It's hard to find a place you can move into. Being on Social Security, he says he doesn't make enough each month to cover what a lot of complexes in the area are charging for rent. Angelica Carroll is another resident. She says she has somewhere to go But she knows others that are in the complex that don't have anywhere to go. She said, I'm going to have to go to Martinsville. There's nothing in Danville. And a lot of people don't have a place to go. That's the sad part. I want to know why they're being evicted. 
I mean, can you just evict somebody? Can you just go, unless you're not paying your rent or something, can you just evict someone? I think it depends on the terms of your lease, I guess. I guess. But a month's notice is not a lot of no and the interesting thing is like if you were if you were wanting to move out and you have a lease they probably would demand like several months notice we'll be back thanks for joining us this morning on the morning jam the morning jam Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. Well, let's give him a California howdy. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. So, do you know what a California howdy is? Have you seen the... the, the no, I'm very confused. You're very confused. Okay. Oh, California Howdy is uh, out of the Beverly Hillbillies, the movie, mm-hmm. when when they were moving into California and they were driving on the roads, people would flip them the bird. Ah. And they're like, oh, that must be the California Howdy. Well, uh, anyone who has driven on a highway, especially in California, uh, has probably seen folks expressing their roadway frustrations by giving the universal California Howdy by raising their middle finger. Now, a judge in Canada has ruled that it is every Canadian's God-given right to give somebody the finger. (laughs) Wow. You know how they do it, though, right? No. Sorry. (laughs) It all stems from a case out of Montreal where police arrested a teacher in May for giving his neighbor the bird while uttering death threats. (laughs) Okay. Judge Dennis Galstianos strongly scolded the man for weaponizing the criminal justice system in an attempt to exert revenge on an innocent man for some perceived slights that are at best trivial peeves, he said in a 26-page ruling. To be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger. Flipping the proverbial bird is a God-given charter enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. Perhaps it was less of the bird and more of the death threats, sir, that he was concerned about. Do we think? Did he kind of miss the forest for the trees here? Um, He called the complaints nothing more than mundane, petty neighborhood travelities. And uh, it said this is the first dust-up between the feuding neighbors, according to The Guardian. Apparently, Nashi had accused Epstein of assaulting his parents. Epstein, uh-oh. Yeah. Maybe he's got connections. I don't know. Um, the, the judge completely dismissed the claim. A few months later in May, Epstein testified in court that Nashi held up a drill and said, You crazy? effing neighbor you dip blank you are effing dead epstein says in response he gave the middle finger and told him to himself and walked away according to the court surveillance videos epstein is looking in the complainant's direction and giving him the finger sometimes with both hands he then left his home and when he returned he found the police there arresting him for uttering death threats 
The complainants are free to clutch their pearls in the face of an insult. However, the police department and 911 have more important priorities to address. <laughs> okay. All right. So it would seem like Nachi was the one who did the death threats and Epstein just flipped him off. So anyway, if you're in Canada, it's a God-given right. So you want to use that California howdy, you just go right ahead. They say that's fine. I don't... I, I, I just think it's so ugly. I wouldn't. Oh, I mean, I, other than in a, a joking way, like like if my husband says something to me and I push my glasses oh, up. I, yeah, I've done that before. That's that's kind of like the only. <laughs> my my favorite flick off story is I was at a, a UVA Virginia Tech football game. Okay. And if you've ever been to Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, they have this hill. It's where the students section is. And I was, I got there early enough. Well, no one shows up to UVA football games if you're a UVA fan. <laughs> anyway, but I got I was like right on the field, like like right at the top, and the UVA players came in and they saw us when we were in tech gear, people I was with, and the guy decided to give me the double bird, and then he took literally two steps, two steps, and he got on a knee and started praying, and I was just like, the duality in that is hilarious, <laughs> yeah. and we had to look him up. He's like, very conflicted. It seems like it was it was very funny. conflicted. Uh, well, there is a boomer dad who is explaining the labor issues that we're having right now. You know, a lot of times millennials and Gen Zs don't necessarily look up to the boomer generation because a lot of them think that uh, they're kind of condescending, kind of uh, branding a younger generation as uh, lazy, while the boomers enjoyed a fair wage and were able to live out the American dream. The same cannot be said for younger generations. One boomer's child took to Reddit to explain their father's take on the worker shortage. And for a change, that's one boomer all the younger generations agreed with. He explained how America took a turn for the worse in 1963, effectively moving money away from the hands of the workers to that of the owner. My father, a 72-year-old retired school teacher, explained the reason why people don't stay at jobs for a long time anymore. And they say it's uh, the only way they can get raises is to change companies. When a company did well back in the day, that profit was shared with the employees. Today, the business owners keep it for themselves, which probably explains the income inequality gap in the country. They went on to add that the U.S. education system hampered the progress of the country and limited the critical thinking ability of Americans. Amen. The U.S. education system is designed to condition us to the BS work expectations that exist today. They, uh, the U.S. education system is inherently and, uh, they say, intentionally racist, they wrote before adding, I love my dad. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, they probably like his response because it agrees with their agenda, don't you think? Hmm. Another added, enlightened boomers are some of my favorite people, old enough to have an awesome experience, smart enough not to buy the BS that was fed to them. All right. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow, and hopefully all of us will have properly caught up from our... It is National Napping Day. I highly recommend getting one in. I'm planning on getting one in today. 
We'll be back tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Don't forget, a week from today, Mark Lamb will return to the Morning Jam, and we will be starting at 6 o'clock. Have a Listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA FM Greta Danville.